Hello and welcome to this week's GG Weekend Watch, where we have a very different looking schedule to the one we were anticipating. Of course, no Ascot or Hayden or Newcastle then this weekend as a result of the frozen conditions that are sweeping the country at the minute. But fortunately, we have rescheduled. Thank God I have Andrew Mount and Daryl Carter to help me through this weekend because instead we now have five scheduled races at Lingfield and three at Chelmsford to look at. So well done to the lads for their flexibility and being able to cover all of these races in very little time to be able to have something to look forward to on this week's podcast. And hopefully more of the same as last week because we had a 100% strike rate on last week's show. Clip that up and put that out there because only one of the horses that the lads tipped off actually ran, but it won. More importantly, that was Pocket the Prophet who won at 4 to one for Tara Wright. So 100% straight rate again this week, please, lads. And we will begin with a 0-70 handicap for three-year-olds and over, over five furlongs at Lingfield at 115. Good luck with this one, Daryl. This is some start. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's quite crazy, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a tricky opener, actually. Um, I thought that the Fav uh, Bertha's Den boy at uh, 7-2, I thought he, the drop-in trip, and the wide draw and stall 10, I thought would be against him. So I was quite looking to take him on. Um, I thought mixed spirit would go well, but the one I want to be with is Amwar de Mavida. Ah, love of my life. Yes. Do you know it's what? not a Ricky Martin, Martin song. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, it's so strange. It could be. Know. It is. It is, right? I was what I was Googling it. And um, I ended up going down a rabbit hole of Ricky Martin, watching Ricky Martin. He looks so bloody... Um, Oh my god, you just see the state of him back then, I'll tell you. <laughs> but uh yeah, anyway, um back to that's why he sided with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons. Uh no, I just I just think she's uh, she's she's running into form. I think it was a good race that she won last time at Wolves, beating politics. I think he's gonna go and win today in the mm. 505 at Sovel. Um, I think he's a bit of a rejuvenated character. Uh she had um had run well prior to that at Wolves as well, but had run particularly well behind Pop Dancer. Um, when just given too much to do, but she was caught, she caught wide around the bend and at the rear of the field and just trying to make up the ground and she just couldn't do it. I think there's a bit more pace in this race today, uh, which I think will suit. But I also think they're going to ride her, ride her a bit more handily from uh, from stall three. Um, I think she's uh, she, she's still on the upgrade a little bit. And when you can catch these mares at the right time or these fillies at the right time, um, they tend to just continue rolling. So I'm hoping that's going to be the case with Amoa de Mavida. Close enough, yeah. And what well, do we there at 13 to 2 then for Daryl to back up that win from last time out? And I'm glad you went down the rabbit hole then with about two hours to look ahead to this racing. So I'm glad you used the time wisely, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, who do you like? Yeah, well, Daryl will be living La Vida Loco if uh, La Vida <laughs> wins. But uh, uh, I, I was quite interested in, in your move around second to another Ricky Martin horse, La Roca del Fuego, at uh, Jones the last time out. And uh, <laughs> It was it was foggy, but apparently um, he did come from off the pace when finishing second behind a winner who made all. And um, um, so, again, looking for the horses, it did best of those to come from off the pace on pace favouring tracks is often a good angle. And uh, the downside is that he's uh, not from 13 on the all-weather. He's only ever won on turf in the months of July and August. But Dean Ivory's yards have uh, been among the winners. Uh, he could go well from um, stall uh, two. More interesting, I thought, with the Defiant uh, coming out of Store Nine, who um, has had six runs on Polytrack in Class Five or lower, four wins, a second and a fourth. 
So uh, the defiant last time out it was only ninth of ten, uh, but it was beaten less than three lengths. That was a class four contest in a new headgear combination. The cheek pieces went on with the usual tongue tie. Uh, the, those cheek pieces that are left off today. So coming back to class five company for the first time since finishing second by a nose at Goodwood in August, and is two pounds lower than for that run. Uh, and has got a superior strike rate on uh, the all-weather as opposed to turf in particular uh, on the poly track, as I mentioned earlier. I thought that Defiant would go well. One general point for betting on the all-weather this weekend is that when it's really, really cold on the all-weather, as you know, Kate, given what you know, um, you, all, all your um, work riding experience, this time of year, it's very hard to get work into horses at home. Uh, gallops are frozen. We've seen with like, the likes of Newcastle um, that, you know, all weather surfaces can be frozen as well. Surrounding roads are frozen, so it's obviously dangerous to take the horses out. Staff are snowed in and can't get into work necessarily. The first race at Earth Subble today, this is Thursday, the 203. The horse with the um, the most recent outing, Brown Lee, just landed a gamble, ran six days ago. So if you're looking at sort of play spots and things like that, maybe just side with the horse who last had the most recent run. So you've got uh, a in in here who ran three days ago, you know, a mixed spirit who ran five days ago. Wouldn't put you off having a look at those as well. But uh, I'll go with the Defiant just because of his class five polytrack stats. Um, but it is, as Daryl said, a very tricky one, which is probably why the Tote have chosen this one as their uh, Tote trifecta rollover race. Uh, all the money that wasn't won in trifecta pools earlier on this week's gone into this one. So uh, if you do fancy the one, two, three, this is the race to have a stab at. Yeah, definitely. So like say with that rollover then that they've got for the trifecta pool, definitely be having a play in this given how open it is. But the Defiant as the main play for Andrew, uh, I actually like one in this because I thought, why not just get a selection out of the way early on this card and leave the rest to you, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I may as well nap in this race. And I really like Pepper Streak who ran in the same race as your selection and more than my vida, Daryl, last time out. I mean, I hugely respect um, the, well, the now the joint favourite, Betherson Boy at the head of a market, may well go on to win this, but I just prefer the price about Pepper Streak, available at 12 to 1. Philly, that's only a winner of one of her 14 starts with that win coming on her stable and British debut in February at Newcastle over this trip. That was in a maiden. She has now fallen, though, to a career-low mark 64, £10 below her mark following that maiden win. Last time out, I thought that was a really fair effort when she was fourth in the five furlong handicap at Wolves, which is a positive to come into this race on the back of that type of contest. And as you say, hopefully I've actually napped up politics today who finished second in that race. So I'm really hoping that that form is boosted later on today at Southwell, as we record on Thursday. Um, and she was given no piece up front, which did just cost her the other horse that pestered her for the lead, ended up finishing last in all. And she took well to the um, to the hood, which replaced the usual cheek pieces. And listed again here, one pound lower mark. So I thought that Pepper Streak at twelve to one had every chance. But as I say, one of those days now. So I'm going to leave the rest to you. One fifty is our next race. Much easier to solve this one. Not fifty five handicap for three runs and over over six furlongs at one fifty again at Lingfield. So Andrew, your turn to take this one, please. Uh, having a bloody clue, I think, is probably the, uh, the best way. I mean, again, um, we haven't talked about the draw yet at Lingfield. Generally speaking, when it's very deep, you don't want to be towards the inside. So, you know, trying to avoid what's going to lead and end up on that inside rail. Looking for horses who are race fit. So, I mean, looking at the betting here, you've got Adam Ladder last run 16 days ago, Lothian and Perfect Symphony, 3-1, to 11-2 second favourite. Uh, sorry, second and third favourites. Last run 59 and 79 days ago. So without um, you know, looking into it too deeply, that would be a bit of a concern for me. 
Um, so again, you know, I'll be even looking at John Gallagher's horse, Pusey Street, who last raced nine days ago. I think that's the one who's had the, the most recent outing in all these. Didn't run particularly well, finishing eighth. Um, but um, you know, that was um, that was his uh, that was her first run since May. Would have been you know would have been needed. She was a massive price. That was at Chelmsford, so it's not impossible that she could take a step forward. But it, it's, it's a horrible, filthy race. Um, I'll go ad admirable lad over Pusey Street, nine to four favourite, and thirty three to one. Oh, Jesus, we don't mind that whatsoever. I'm always scared of saying that Philly's name. It is Pusey Street, the 33 to 1, <laughs> then for her, and along then with the favourite as well. But a way to play this race for Andrew Darrell. Any stronger in uh, convictions with it? Uh, no, no, not really. Um, I just I did come down on the favourite, um, admirable lad. Uh, no real strong opinion at all. I just, I just didn't like the race as a whole. I didn't think any of them were too reliable at all. I thought this was improving um, uh, and still could have a little bit more to come. Uh, off the back of that run at uh, here, here in uh, at the beginning of the month, that came after 75 days off. So I thought the horse might just improve a touch. Um, looks like a horse that's going the right way, but other than that, I've not really got a strong opinion. No, no, completely fair. Um, but yeah, like you say, if you had to sort of gun to your head, then maybe siding with him. Right. <laughs> Lucky for you guys, though, we have a another 0 to 55 handicap up now, this time from Chelmsford for three runs and over, over a mile at 2.05. And despite this being a low grade handicap, we do have some horses coming here, at least in good form, however. So, Daryl, who are you siding with? Yeah, I like Nick Vedder for this. I uh, thought he finished really well at uh, Walls behind a. Uh, again, another horse that a three-year-old that's sort of on the upgrade. Uh, didn't really get the clearest of runs. I didn't think Ryan Sexton gave him the best of rides that day. It, uh, had to switch onto the inside, which was a, was not doing anyone any favours all day, um, but stayed on pretty strongly. And I just thought uh, that was an inkling that he was going to return to form. His last two runs have been far better than anything he showed um, during the uh, during the summer or the spring. And uh, he just become, could be coming to hand at the right time. Eight days return, which would suit Andy. Um, return to the track uh fit well looks in good form uh can think he can go well he's he's uh he's one of these horses i think that just once he gets going or once he gets his head in front or goes close to getting his head in front he, he continues to, to run well so uh, i think that's all you're going to need here it's just a horse to run well i think he can reverse form with the uh with the fav Vitz, i can't say his name so i'll leave that to you <laughs> <laughs> i think he'll reverse form with the fav because it just because of that clear run just did cost him um he was better than his, the bare result so uh, i think he'll go close yeah, to reverse that form then. But as you say, I mean, Vitesse Son did manage to boost that form himself in his next start, hence why he's as short as he is at the head of a market at 13 to 2. Looks a nice price about Nick Vedder for that contest. So Darrell's got to play in this, Andrew. Do you have any uh, any selections you're, you really fancy? Yeah, I'll side with the favourite. I mean, uh, Eagle Eyed Freddy, not a full second favourite, is going to make the running from store one, you would imagine, under Erica Parkinson. Uh, Vitesse du Sol, I mean, it's frustrating I didn't put him up as a bet last time because uh, he ran, go back to the 18th of November, four runs back, he ran in the Pace Collapse um, Twilight Revenge Race at Kempton. Um, Nick Vedder was in that as well. Nick Vedder, I thought, was flattered because uh, you look at that race, uh, you know, the winner of the second, the fourth, were priced at 20 to 140 to 140 to 1, and all came from off the pace. The horse to take was over Starlight, the 11 and 10 favourite, performed miracles to finish second by a short head. Unfortunately, they stuck Jim Crowley on him next time out at Lingfield, and his obsession with the inside rail at the track um, you know, caused him all sorts of trouble. What happened? Seven pound claimer on him next time out. He's gone and won, hasn't he, earlier this week? 
Alafdal's second best of the prominent races was fifth in that race, 132nd favourite on the night. He's come out one since, including from the shocking draw at Chelmsford next time. Vitesse du Son was sixth. He did third best. He's the one who's probably contributed most to that to ridiculously strong, unsustainable pace. Um, so, and then of course the, the trouble is he's a front runner. Um, so they've sent him to Wolverhampton, where again. You know, you don't want to, generally speaking, don't, uh, apart from the last meeting, I think you don't want to be anywhere near the inside rail. Mm. He's got beat half a length of 14 to 1, a cracking run. He's then bumped into the even money favourite measured moments, who's obviously well ahead of his mark, finished second again. So I thought, well, he's the best horse in the race when he ran earlier this week. Uh, I thought, I don't want to back him. So what they've done, um, hammered him in the betting into favouritism, and they've changed tactics. They've ridden him from midfield, and he's duly gone and won very comfortably. So... They're going to do that again today I'm sure, to, on Saturday, I'm sure. He's still seven. He's got a front runner in store one. They're just going to like get him out, get position, track the pace and come through and win quite comfortably, I think. So, yeah, Vitesse du Sun, um, strong. Yeah, I mean, strong, I was going to say strong, but strong fancy. At 11 to 10, oh, it's just out of six to four. I was, I I was just going to yeah, say, you possibly, four now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think... Um, you know, I'll quite happily take on eagle-eyed Freddie, who's been finding it hard to win with. It looks like a one-dimensional frontrunner who'll, you know, probably fold when uh, when headed um, with Vitesse Son on his shoulder, breathing on him. So, uh, yeah, Vitesse Son for me. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see then the battle of these two horses facing off yet again then these two and for the pair of the lads who have sided with one apiece. It's Vitesse Son then for Andrew and Nick Vedder. At, uh, at 32, then for Daryl. Right, we are back to Lincoln now, where repping grade at least, um, into a notch 60 handicap. Uh, this time for three <laughs> rods and over, over a mile four at 2.25. 14 declared runners here. Andrew, who are you siding with? Uh, none of the above would be the answer, I think. Um, I, I generally, my, my Lingfield bets tend to be in the sort of five furlong to one mile category, occasionally stray into uh, 10 furlongs. Um, went, went, went for a two mile race earlier this week and regretted it. Uh, although at least the horse in question sort of traded at six to one and running from 40 odd to one. But uh, again, um, if I was you know doing a play spot here, all I'm looking at is who's had a recent run. And, um, you know, what Alpha Dawn over jumps nine days ago, buys it first time 33 to one. Uh, Peter Bowen, that's my that's my token selection for the purposes of this video. But yeah, I, I, do. I, I, would, I would, I would, I would pass. When you're talking recent run, how recent are we talking? Well, I mean, no, I, no, I mean, no. I'll, give, I'll give you some stats, okay? In the last 10 days on the all weather in Britain and Ireland, okay, um, horses who'd raced between one and seven days ago won 21.4% of their starts, okay? You can back them all at early prices, make a profit. Eight to 14 days ago, that 21% strike rate drops to sort of 10 and a half. And then it just drops steadily all the way down as you go through the, uh, you know, and anything being off for 150 days or longer, you know, sort of, you know, 4.8%. Uh, so it's an incredibly smooth graph in terms of like, uh, and again, I mean, if you want to add to that as well, you can say just forget backing fillies and mares as well. They've had a shocking uh, recent record, obviously in open company in, in handicaps. So this is just handicaps. So just backing, you know, backing anything you've raced within the last seven days, you know, you'd made a profit at Betfair SP or taking an early price, small loss at SP. But, uh, anything beyond that, it uh, tends to be a struggle. So it's. Um, it's just that the importance when it's been hard to get work into horses of that recent run uh, is massive. Normally, this crops up in sort of January, February time on the all weather, but because of the sort of unseasonably cold spell, it's it's cropped up a little earlier this time round. So oh, I, mean, I like I, it. Apart yeah, from I, I, the I mean, again, if you just think at all, I want to do a play spot or I want to put together a lucky 50, and I'll just you know, look at the front three or four on the betting, you know, 
try and avoid everything, draw and store one at uh, Linfield and just see who's had a recent run. Mm-hmm. As I napped a horse under a penalty yesterday, that got absolutely stuffed. So <laughs> I must have been one of the outliers, unfortunately. <laughs> but but it makes complete sense. They like I say with frozen gallops, it's not as though they they do their exercise on the turf because the turf is is rubbish at this time of year. But then the gallops, the majority of them freeze as well. So yeah, you're not getting anywhere near as much work into them with the current conditions. So that is a good angle that I like. Daryl, are you following suit? Does it does it match up with your selection? Uh, 19 days, my selection. Oh, we can take that. <laughs> but I think this is a good thing. So um, this is vision of hope for, for George Bowie, who's up from seven furlongs last month to a mile and a half uh, on handicap debut. I, I, if this is not better than 57, I'd be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has just been given a sort of a, a handicapping typical ride, if you like. Last time at Wolves, it was in the fog. And... Uh, look to be traveling really nicely over seven furlongs then all of a sudden come out of the fog and then there's just uh sam james just bumping up and down and i thought my god they must be waiting for a handicap i think it's because on debut um she clipped heels in a novice event and uh just got shuffled right back through the field and was well well beaten Mm -hmm. but i think after that run they must have thought right hand let's go down the handicapping route um the hood first time is quite interesting george bowie's got a 21 percent stroke rate of a hood uh, 24% on your weather, but it improves to 40% uh, and a 47% return of investment if you back those horses rated under 60, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was quite interesting. He's booked uh, Daniel Muscat, who's uh, rode two winners from eight rides, one second this year for, for Bowie. Um, and yeah, this is this is not not a great race on the whole, really. I thought the, um, those are bigger prices. I thought were really going to struggle. I thought Pablo Prince was interesting. And I thought the Fav, um, I can't, again, I, you can say that, Kate. <laughs> I, thought, I thought those were the two that were interesting, but I'd be very disappointed. Vision of Hope's not better than 57. Just the manner in which this horse has gone through a few races just um, visually just looks a class above what she's running against. Um, three-year-old open to improvement, get a little bit of weight. Uh, I can see this being well-backed, and I can see this winning very easily. <laughs> yeah, so take the night. I mean, already in there from 11 to 2 into 9 to 2. But yeah, the step up and trip on that pedigree definitely is going to suit, isn't it, for this yeah. uh, for this handicap then for Vision of Hope for this filly in the 225 at Lingfield. Right, back to Chelmsford next for a 0-70 handicap for three years and over, over seven furlongs at 240. What do you make of this race, Daryl? Uh, Lord Paramount will win. That's, oh. that's all we can really sort of say. <laughs> about this i think uh, odds on price tag um it's really not a race i don't think to be getting too deep in so that's it yeah <laughs> that's my yeah, spiel no. honestly <laughs> leave it exactly as that then yeah lord paramount he's currently the 8 to 11 favorite but daryl thinks he is a good thing andrew do you agree or do you have a, another way into this race um, i've not looked at it in that much detail to say for god's sake don't or do back uh, lord paramount but what you notice is that before that wolverhampton win last time out he was beaten at short odds on three occasions, nine to four, six to five favourite, five to four on early finishing third at Kempton. Um, he's not particularly well drawn. He's um, switching surfaces from Topeka to Chelmsford. And, you know, but then you look at the sort of quality of the opposition, you think, well, JB Osborne's got a six to one shot that hasn't has won one of his 23 starts. Then, yeah. you know, there's, there's probably not much uh, in the way to take it on with her. I'll, I'll go token selection on Got No Dollars just because the Stuart Williams yard is going well after that. I mean, they're shocking year on turf this year, about 4% strike rate. 
um, poor old Tom Morley, our William Hill radio colleague, who's yeah. got, got horses with Stuart Williams and Robert Carroll, who both had um, similarly nightmarish years. Um, so, yeah, got no dollars, you know, hopefully, um, you know, having run respectably at uh, Captain last time out, finishing fourth at 25 to 1 reasonably drawn you know, compared to the favorite maybe he can do something here but yeah it's not a race i've uh, spent any time on yet although looking at the shape of it you're kind of almost obliged to bet something each way because they're about 11 to 8 on 11 to 2 6 8 12 and then 25 to 1 bar 5. Mm. yeah exactly so so each way each way shots are nothing then and got no dollars at 8 to 1 is that a good looking play then for that race if you don't want to take the short price about the favorite right good race up now it's the winter oaks trial phillies handicap which is a 0 to 105 handicap for three-year-olds and over phillies over a mile two at three o'clock at lingfield just for six declared here andrew where viola is the top rated but will that count for much in this race in your opinion probably not um if, if you look at this you can be sort of um, forgiven for thinking that viola won this race last year when she sort of did but that was um, when it was staged at Sobel. Uh, yeah. to peter and it was a mile three so i mean given that um james fanshaw's horses are 99 times out of 100 given patient rides lingfield is generally not his track i mean i'm trying to think of the name of the horse who won here on um wednesday just got up um, mm. William Buett by a short head a short price favorite yes. uh, again coming coming from way back um so i don't think um Viola's going to repeat last year's success. The one I'm, I've got to be with, I'm, I'm going nap on this, is Tequila, uh, Tequila Mockingbird. I've, I've, I've done Paul Keeley's column in the weekend of this week, and uh, so I've gone, gone, gone with this one. And I, I put her up um, last, last time out. Um, she's got a fantastic record on the All Weather in general, three wins from six starts, and particularly on Polytrack. Um, it's a win at Lingfield, a win at Kempton, um, a fifth at Kempton. Um, when she was a real eye catcher because um, she was caught out wide under a patient ride from James Doyle, and a bit like Jamie Spencer doesn't know how to you know ride any horses in many other ways, and uh, mm -hmm. um, and he just he was so far wide, and he get, he sort of stopped riding when he realised he couldn't win the race. He's only got beaten three and a quarter lengths, so finishing fifth and eight. Next time out, Ross Coakley on board in a race devoid of pace. I, I know a lot of tipsters who went for Dinu. You know, the progressive Roger mm. Marion horse, which you could understand, um, but he's a hold-up horse in a, in, a, in a race devoid of pace at Lingfield. And uh, Ross Coke has got to kill the Mockingbird in the perfect position throughout, just stalking the pace, uh, as the majority of recent, recent Lingfield winners have, excuse me, and won by a nose. And um, she only got a pound for that. That was a class four. She's up to class two. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I mean, you've got the very um, progressive Queen of Ipanema up from uh, class four to class two for George Bowie and uh, and William Buick here. But uh, I see the two as having similar chances. And one of them is two to one, the other one's 11 to one. Um, if you can be on with the green clowns, but uh, yeah, Tequila Mockingbird for me. Yeah, one of the best named uh, horses in training as well, Tequila Mockingbird, the eleven to one outsider of the field. Then for Andrew, as uh, as he just leaded to napping her up as well. So very interesting play then in this. At Daryl, where are you looking? Yeah, he's going to hate this, but I'm with her as well. Oh, oh. I am. <laughs> um, well, for for the, the, the I tipped up um, Sweet Fantasy to win last time, right? And then I um. Was just looking at like the, the overall times and stuff uh, race at lingfield and that and their form tequila mockingbird and, and sweet fantasy ties in quite tightly um through a couple of horses and i just couldn't understand why sweet fantasy was half the price that tequila mockingbird was now i think that they're they looking at it thinking that um charlie fellow's horses sort of held on last time 
from from the rally and Dino. But um, she made a good move uh, around the bend, uh, and quickened up really smartly. I think she's a faster horse than Sweet Fantasy, and I think she's she's just shown everything. All the signs of a progressive horse uh, with each start. She's two for two at Lingfield. Um, she arrives in excellent heart, whereas I suppose you could say the same about Sweet Fancy, but the, the, but Seed Sarina for, for William Haggis has got a little bit to prove, as has Viola, who is a good horse, but she's not much better than 97. Um, you know, and, and like Andrew said, she won this race last year at Southern, which provided a bit more of a stamina test for her. This is the drop. This is a short strip she's run over, uh, and it was over a furlong further there. So I think she she might just lack the bit of the necessary pace. Um, I didn't think uh, Tahasen was was improving really. I thought just sort of, despite winning last time, was just sort of um, running to sort of the same level. So I, I just couldn't understand why she was eleven was one outsiders. She was one of the first horses I backed. Actually, I've already backed her. I've already. <laughs> managed to get on at 10 to 1 so um i'm happy with that i think she'd go very close you should have oh, taken the 11th yeah, yeah well, sure again i'm lucky to be able to get on at this time and that's only through an argument oh well done to the pair of you two then for getting on her already but uh yeah tequila mockingbird the pair of you two agreeing with an outsider in one of the better races on the card then at lingfield as well so we will take that and then some right our final scheduled race from chelmsford is a naught to 52 handicap for three odds and over over six furlongs at 315 lots of questions for plenty of these to have to answer daryl so how are you playing this one yeah christ naught to 52 yeah oh. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to play this one. Look, I wasn't going to play this one, in all honesty, because I just can't trust anything at this very low level. 0 52 is just an outrageous bracket. Really. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I could probably run to 50. Um, <laughs> elegant, Eric, elegant Ellen, I can see why um, why, why, why she's at the top of the market. Stayed on quite strongly last time, caught the eye a little bit. I thought um, Breezy and Broke might, might be the one to be with. I thought... Um, no offence to the lad, Mr. Elliot Holiday, claims said, but he was just not experienced at all enough to to even to even give this horse justice last time. Kevin Stott's back on board. I thought it was quite an eye catching run at Chelmsford behind uh, Red Bulls the, the time before. Um, this this horse has sort of fallen into this bracket as opposed to having been in this bracket for a long time. Uh, and at ten to one, I think you can take a chance on the four year old to go close, stepping up and trip or. Hasn't had as many goes over over six furlongs. Uh, this is definitely the trip. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Breezy and Bright will go close. Yeah, you sounded very convinced by that. Yeah, that round very enthusiastic. Aren't I about <laughs> really that enthusiastic. Yeah, <laughs> ten to one though about Breezy and Bright. Anyway, Kevin Sock back on board, and I I want to see Daryl Carter first reserve in the next nought to fifty handicap. Anyway, at <laughs> Chelmsford. So, <laughs> Andrew, what level do you think you can run to, and who do you fancy for this? Yeah, I'll go Amazing Amaya. She's not well drawn in store 10, but that doesn't matter for her because she's an exaggerated hold-up horse, so she'll just be dropped in. And she usually runs over five furlongs, usually at Wolverhampton, and they usually don't go quick enough for her, and she stays on the end and finishes sort of third or fourth. She's got a fair record at Chelmsford. She's beaten a lot of her rivals when she runs here, third, first, and fifth. And, um, yeah, without having gone through it with the fine tooth comb to look at the pace, given the number of runners and the, the low grade and the amount of, you know, sort of first-time headgear and... Uh, uh, just a few from memory that like to race up at the pace. Hopefully the, the, the early pace will look after herself and she can just plod on into the first four. I'm sure you'll be getting extra places on this race. Yep, you're Stuart Williams fanboy then this weekend or on Saturday, at least anyway, Shamshon. Six to one then for Andrea. No, no, amazing a mayor that was. 
Oh, sorry, Amazing Amir, even. Apologies. Sure. I mean, oh, yeah, that's it. You know, you are getting the bigger price, aren't you? Then 17 to 2 about yeah. Amazing Mayor. I think, I think even if Stuart Williams had run with his last, won with his last 100 winners, I wouldn't be backing Sham Sean, God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Apologies, Tom. Amazing <laughs> Mayor, that was 17 to 2. Bigger price as well, then. So even better. Yeah, on the Derek Shaw bandwagon, we'll change that up then. Uh, and our final race is a decent one. This is the listed Quebec Stakes for three year olds and over, over a mile two at 333. So another listed contest with six declared runners. Andrew, who are you siding with this time? Yeah, um, we talked about a lot of these, um, didn't we, when they met um, a few weeks ago, where was that? Uh, 12th of November um, in the uh, the Churchill Stakes listed race over this um, 10 furlong trip. Um, now that day, I mean, Algiers was a little bit unlucky, I thought. You're he, he, he an absolute cracker. The downside was that under Rab Havilland, he went towards that inside rail in the very closing stages and missed the cut for George Bowie, the favourite, ridden, uh, ridden by Uncle Jim, sort of came uh, came late and uh, just wore him down by a short head. But he had three and a quarter lengths to spare of Arovian and yet, um, another four and a quarter back to Forrester Dean. The worry here is, I mean, Jack Mitchell rides Linfield really well, particularly over the longer trips, but he is drawn in store one. He's possibly the pace angle as well so um it's just a, a case of if that rail's no good which it probably isn't what will he do will he manage to get him off here but uh, i think i'd still have to side with him algiers because he, he he just has got so much in hand over the other two on that latest running and yet they're 11 to 4 and 6 to 1 and i'm struggling to see you know how they're going to reverse the form unless there is a sort of big you know rail bias is dead on the inside and algiers from store one ends up in the swamp throughout um, but it's um, yeah, eleven to eight is probably a fair enough price now. I think to to take that to take that chance. Perfect. Yeah, Algiers as the eleven to eight favourite in that three thirty three to uphold the form with those reposing rivals for Andrew Darrow. How do you see this one? Yeah, very similar. Very very similar to Algiers. I think it's a world of beating. It was a real good time that he ran that day. Um, he was very unlucky just to be run down by Mister Cut, who bounced back to form. But there's there's nothing of that quality in here this time. And He's already had a Rovian and Boris Dean behind. I don't know what the stats are for uh, Andrew. Won't be able to tell us the um, John Gosden second time in cheap pieces. Come on, stat man. Come on. Yeah, the stat man then. Get yourself pro form. Nah, I, will have, I will have a look, but um, that, I mean that sort of would be the only sort of way you could cling to any sort of reverse of form if 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 you know those stats on John Gosden's second time cheat pieces mean that they took a big step forward next time for the headgear is what I'm trying to get at. Um mm. but, but other than that, I, I I could I can't see how we how he's beaten them. Um, um, he's a very fast horse. He's improving all the time. It's a career best last time. He's gonna get the the the, the run of the race from stall one. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why he's not even money and shade of odds on. Maybe really, maybe he will be on the day. But uh, for now, eleven to eight is a fantastic price. Oh, I love that then. Yeah, so you heard it here, person. It is the price at the current time of recording. So if he does shorten up, well, there's nothing we can really do about that at this time. Anyway, so both of the lads then with Algiers in the 3.33 at Lingford as our final scheduled race. So, Daryl, I'll throw it back to you, please, for anything from anywhere else. No, because I've got all confused, Kate, so I think they've changed all the times. <laughs> I don't even know what's on, to be honest. So yeah, They've changed all the times, haven't they? Because yeah, I've written a load of things down. And before declarations and now it's all changed so no i've got nothing nothing from anywhere else no to be fair that was a bit of a hospital pass to be honest with you anyway <laughs> to say like anything from anywhere else don't know what's on don't know what time don't know what's running but yeah andrew if you've got anything more definitive 
I didn't realise there was anything else, so no, not for me. No, exactly. Um, yeah, completely fair of, of from this weekend of all weekend. So, Andrew, back to you, please, for your nap. Uh, tequila Mockingbird. <gasps> oh, yeah, of course. Yes, as the outsider, 11 to 1 at the current time of recording, then Tequila Mockingbird. Daryl, sorry, Andrew's already sold on that one. Where are you going? No, that's fine. I knew he would. Um, a vision <laughs> of hope in the 225 at Lingfield. Perfect vision of hope there for to hopefully prove herself a stepping up a trip for that handicap. And I'm just going to go Pepper Street because why not? Uh, in the 115 at Lingford, when all else fails, go for uh, go for an each way price horse for as your nap. So that is everything from us this week. Thank you for sticking with us. Sorry, it's all been uh, not really what you were expecting on this week's schedule, but thank you so much to the lads for all of their hard work. So last minute that we had this change up as well. So thank you to the pair of you two for that. Thank you so much for watching. Hopefully, we'll have some jumping action back for you next week. Oh.